0: Hey, it is our family service today. How many of you knew that? Okay, all right. You guys are used to this. You kind of know what's happening. So today, I'm actually going to do a little kids portion. So if if I could get the kids that are in this place, you know, you're going to come up here. You're going to gather around the front like this. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. We got two. Nice. Hey, good work. Good work. Nice job on the announcements. Oh, okay, there's a few more. There's a few more. Come on down. The rest of you, that doesn't mean you just check out, right? That doesn't mean we just sit back and like, all right, I'm out. I'm out for a little bit. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk today. Um, I want to give just a, a quick little thought, and then, and then Jason's going to, well, actually, no, we're going to have a little game time today, and then Jason's going to talk as well. Um, but how are we doing this morning, kids? Oh, this thing is heavy. I need a little help carrying this thing. It's really, really big. So, you're right, it's not. It's actually really light. It's empty. It's an empty box. But it helps to illustrate this idea, this thought that I want to share with you guys this morning. Right? And this idea is this idea of waiting. Waiting. And specifically, we want to talk about just waiting on the Lord. Right? Sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, we ask God for something. We, we're, we're expecting and sometimes it feels like it doesn't happen right away. And sometimes it can be discouraging when that happens, when we realize, like, man, God, what, what's the holdup? I want it now. I want this to happen right now. And I thought about a way to kind of illustrate this idea, and I was thinking about recently, what, what, what holiday was it recently? Christmas, Christmas right? It, recently it was Christmas. Good job. You guys are paying attention. You, you knew that, right? Did you know that? Recently, it was Christmas, and we do this fun little thing at Christmas, right, where we give gifts. How many of you got a gift? I shouldn't ask that. What if you didn't get a gift? That'd be really sad. Then I would wish I put something in this box. Okay, how many of you got something for Christmas, right? Okay, so a lot of you, you, you made a wish list, right? You made this wish list. Some of you didn't. You're shaking your heads. You did not. Okay, my kids, they made a wish list. They thought about it often, and all of a sudden, presents started showing up under the tree. And I remember doing this as a kid as well. Man, I, I saw presents coming out, um, and I was like, oh, man, what what is that? And there was this excitement, right? There was this anticipation. I'm like, oh, man, what could that be? And then, and then if you were like me or my kids, but none of you were like this, you didn't go over to the tree, and you didn't grab boxes and pick them up and try to figure out what was inside of the box before Christmas, did you? None of you did that? You all waited patiently? You waited patiently for that? He kicks them. That's not always wise. But this idea of waiting, sometimes it kills us. We're like, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. There's this anticipation. You're just like, oh, I'm so excited to find out what I got in that present. Right? And then finally Christmas comes and you're able to open up those gifts and you're, you're excited because you get all sorts of good things, fun things. Sometimes it's just socks, right? We get our kids socks as part of it. But that's a good thing, right? So we need socks. We need socks. socks. And so, again, I want to just talk about this idea of waiting. You all kind of know what it's like to wait for a gift, to open presents. And I want to talk to you a little bit. Jason's going to also be talking about this, this story a little bit later on as well um, But after Jesus was born, okay, after Jesus was born, um, there was, there was a time where they went back, or where they had to go to Jerusalem, right? They had to go back to Jerusalem as part of, as part of their dedication, they wanted to bring Jesus to the temple. And there was a guy named Simeon that was there, okay? Can you say Simeon? Simeon, okay. And this is in Luke, okay? This is in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And it says this, okay? In verse 25, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was, a righteous, he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Eagerly waiting. Does that kind of remind you of what we were just talking about? When it comes to presence, you were eagerly waiting for your presence. And again, this is really no comparison when we talk about presence, right, to Jesus. But the point was, he was waiting. He was waiting for the Messiah. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he was waiting a long time. He was waiting a long time. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple, So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised the Lord, saying, Lord, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. What he was saying is, I've waited a long time for this. I've been waiting and waiting. And now he feels like, man, I feel complete. I finally have got to meet Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. And the point of this sometimes is, I know sometimes waiting feels hard right? It, 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 it's tricky. It, you, gets, you get excited. You want things to happen right away, right? We want to, we ask for something, and we want it to happen immediately. And a lot of times with the Lord, God's timing is not always our timing. And we have to be patient. There's going to be times in your life where you pray for something, right? And maybe it doesn't happen in that moment. Like Simeon, he, he, Believe this, God spoke to him that he was going to meet the Messiah before he died. And he knew this was going to happen, but it wasn't in the timing that he probably thought it was going to happen. And this happens throughout Scripture all the time, where people were waiting, oftentimes a very long time. And I get it, in our world, it's it's kind of right now, right? People, adults, we can relate to this. It's like a right now type of thing. We want it quickly. Right at the moment. And oftentimes, it's a waiting. You know, it's a trusting in God. A lot of you have prayed for things to happen and you haven't seen it happen right away. Keep trusting. You guys keep trusting. Keep trusting that God is faithful. He's going to reveal himself to you, that healing's going to happen. Life gets hard. Has life ever gotten hard for you guys? Yeah, there's been hard moments, and sometimes it feels like too much, but God's with you, and you can trust him no matter what. All right, so as we're moving forward this morning, I want you guys just to remember that, that just like Simeon waited a long time, he finally got to see the Messiah, he got to see Jesus show up, and he trusted that. And our call as believers is to put our faith and to trust Jesus, to trust that God is going to do the work that he promises he's going to do, all right? So be encouraged with that this morning. I'm sorry I don't have anything in that box for you, uh, but we're going to continue on so you guys can stand up and you guys can make your way back to your spots. And we're going to switch gears this morning. I'm kind of doing, I'm kind of, we're kind of a one-man band right now at the moment, but we're going to switch gears, okay? I'm going to ask you guys if there are any volunteers out there, what are we doing next? Does anybody know? You know cuz you've done this before you've done this before. Okay? So we are going to do a little game because sometimes in church we got to have a little bit of fun, right? We got to have a little fun. Having fun together makes it so that the person next to you is not so strange and so like distantly weird to you, right? These are people that are next to you that you get to hang out with, that you get to know, and a game helps us to know that. They're like nuts in each other like, "Yeah, you guys are a little strange, you're a little strange." All right, a game helps us to kind of break down some of those barriers. So what I need is four volunteers, okay, willing volunteers, doesn't matter your age. See, it doesn't have to be just kids, okay. All right, we got one, all right, two, three, all right, four. You guys like how I don't tell you what you're gonna sign up for until you you come up here? All right, come on up, those four that I selected, we got time for for sure one round. All right, what we're gonna do, okay, right here. Whoa, there's a cup of water right there. That could've been bad. All right, so what I need you to do, I need you to put on your blindfold after, yes, I I handmade those blindfolds for you, okay? I handmade those blindfolds for you. You're gonna come around this side though, okay? Come around this side. How many of you maybe seen this floating around online, okay? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna gonna spread out all these cotton balls across the table, okay? Four lovely individuals are going to be blindfolded, okay? And then we're going to give them one minute. Who's got a minute on their clock? I will. I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay, we're going to put a minute on the clock as Jason, our our lovely assistant, is spreading out cotton balls on the table. The rest of you can put on your blindfolds. You're going to have one minute, okay? Do you understand? You're going to have one minute. You put your blindfold on. There you go. I'll help you tie it in a second after I get my timer up. Okay, this is... Maybe Titus will help you tie yours. Titus, before you put, no he's not, he's just going straight for it. He's going, so this guy's struggling here. I'm gonna get my timer. Okay, you get one minute. Okay, what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the cotton balls that are spread across the table and you're gonna scoop them into your bucket. You can hold your bucket, but you can't just set it at the edge of the table and sweep in there. You gotta scoop it and then put it in your bucket, okay? And you're gonna to try to get as many as you can. In one minute, we gotta spread these out. Make sure they're all spread out nicely. Gotta get these ones spread out here. All right. All right, we gotta get them all nice and there we go. I promise you, there's cotton balls in front of you. Do you believe me? Okay, they don't believe me. Oh, I got cotton on my hand now. All right, timer one minute on the clock. You guys find your bucket. Okay, he found his bucket, does everybody have a bucket? Does everybody have a shovel? All right, one minute to collect as many cotton balls as you can and put them into your bucket without sliding them across the table, all right? Who thinks they're gonna do amazing at this? (laughs) Titus, all right. Are you ready? Get set, go wow Titus you are killing it you can't sweep like that Titus you got to scoop it and you got to pick it up there you go just like that yep uh-oh our little guy's bucket tipped over you can grab your bucket and make sure it's standing upright there you go there you go keep scooping you got one minute oh you're doing great Titus you got you can't do that he's, he's shovel him in from the side you got to put your bucket on flat there you go just like that there you go you got to watch that guy watch him all right, you got 30 seconds. Who thinks they're doing amazing? Brissa, you're killing it. You're killing it over here. You're doing great. You've got so many cotton balls in your bucket. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, keep going. You got 20 seconds. Hurry, hurry. So many. You guys are doing amazing. 10, 9, 8, 7, cheer them on, 6, 5, four three two one all right that's it that's it all right who do we think won here huh wow this guy did pretty good Well, oh, marissa oh i think it's marissa she won that one for a while there hey marissa we got a little gift for you as well i don't know mr Kirschman. do we have time for one more or no one more okay we need four more Titus, you you your dad, he he kinda he kinda messed with your mind. Yeah, he doesn't just do that with everybody, but he moved all the, the cotton balls, so you weren't even. Alright, we need four more quickly, four more quickly. Alright, Sophie. Alright, how about how about right there? Is it Harper? Harper? Alright. we got, alright, over here. How about an adult? Is there an adult out here that's brave? Come on, Sue. Come on, Sue. Alright, there we go. Come on, we're having fun. We're getting to know each other. We're getting to know each other, right, Sue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you can't. Hey, I should have clarified that, but you can't take it. Oh, we have one too many people. I didn't know Titus was going again. Sorry. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You get to go you get practice at home. I'll send the cotton balls home with you. Your dad and mom will love it. They're going to love it. All right, Sue. Are you See Sue's going to help everybody first. That's really nice. All right, Sue. Yeah, can you see? Can you see? There. You found your shovel. Here you go, Sue. Okay. Here we're going to check and make sure they're not Yep, we're good. All right. Yep. Okay, they're, they're good, they're good. Now, should we check Sue too? Should we check Sue? Yeah, she's she's good, she's not cheating. All right, everybody got their shovel? Hold your shovel up. All right, you got your bucket? Okay, you got your bucket, all right. We should move these glasses though, this could be bad. i grab your glasses. All right, I gotta get a minute on the timer. Are you ready? Get set, go. All right, cheer them on, yeah, there you go. Who do we think's gonna win? Wow, Sophie, you got so many, so many. Wow, Sue is going for slow and steady. but She's, she's winning the race, maybe, maybe. All right, nice, okay. All right. Some of them are really good at this, really good at this. Your buckets are almost full, almost full. Yeah, you guys are doing so good, so good. Keep going, keep going. There you go, there you go, keep going. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Oh, here we go. <laughs> look at that. A little extra 18 seconds. All right, keep scooping, keep scooping. All right. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That's it. That's it. Oh, I think it's I think it's actually I think it's Harper, huh? Alright, alright, Harper. They're, they probably have some kids kids' little beverages at caribou as well, I think. Otherwise, I'm sure grandma and grandpa wouldn't mind a, a nice coffee drink as well. Alright. Thanks guys. Thanks for playing. Thanks for being a part. Oh, you need your glasses. Alright, you got it. Alright.
1: Oh, if you are a guest with us today, on a month with the fifth Sunday, we, uh, we have a family service like this. On that fifth Sunday... We get everybody together in here because we think it's important that the kids worship with us that they see us go after Jesus that we grow together um, and so we just think that this kind of stuff is very important that this is your first time here this is not a regular Sunday um, but about four times a year or so we we get to we get to do this and it's always fun um, we're always so grateful uh, to be able to, to do this. It's such a, such a good thing. How many like the sound of kids, right? Like I love the sound of kids. I, I get asked all the time, especially by parents of like little ones, you know, I'm like, I'm so sorry that my kid was distracting. And I like, listen, I don't hear it um uh just so you can take that off i know your own kids sounds are so loud to you but i I don't hear it um and we don't like or we don't mind it at all i would so much rather hear the sound of kids than hear no sounds of kids um so we're just so glad that we get uh to to be a part of all of these things um I do want to say one of the things that didn't make it into the announcements as well, if you can just bear with me for a second before I speak for just a minute here, is uh, we just the week before Christmas got it confirmed that we are going to be going on a missions trip again in the summer of 2024, okay? Um, And so um, you will have to be at least 15 to go on that trip, Um, uh, uh, but but we are planning on going and we are going to go back to El Salvador again. Um, We were there with a group last uh, two years ago, and it was a phenomenal trip, And we are going to go back down there again. Um, So summer 2024, uh, that is about, we're going to be going in August. So you've got about eight eight months to save um, as we're moving toward it. But we just want you to be aware of that, be thinking about it, be praying about it. I, Like I've said this many times, I'd encourage everyone to go on at least one missions trip in their lifetime. Um, It is such an important thing uh, to to be able to go to serve. um, But I'll tell you another thing that's amazing when you go on these trips is, It's not just going and serving, which is amazing, but we come back different, right? Um, It's so hard to spot the excesses in our lives when we're surrounded by nothing but excess, right? And then you go and you remove yourself from the normal American excessiveness and it really opens your eyes to so many things. And I just want to encourage you to be praying about it. This is not just a trip for students. Um, this is a trip for adults and students alike. Um, and we want to encourage you to pray about it, be thinking about it, um, and, and let's, let's gear up as we move toward it, all right? We want to just encourage you to think about it, pray about it. That's where we'll be going, El Salvador, in August of 2024, all right? So next year, you can only say that for one more day, right? All right, Luke 2, I want to talk about this a little bit. John kind of set it up, and he and he, he brought uh, this about. And this is kind of the backside of the story of Jesus' birth, right? It's a little... Interesting, we're not sure exactly where in the time frame that this happened, um, because we know that Jesus had to flee, his parents had to flee, um, and they were in Egypt for a couple of years. And you you can see, though, that in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2, it says there, about at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah." That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So, when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, I want you to hear a couple of things here. First of all, we have no idea how old Simeon is, right? Like, we have no concept. He's usually depicted as an old man. Uh, because if you keep reading past this, Anna is an old lady. Right? Like, they're not married. They're not, as far as we know, she, I mean, the Bible says she was a widow. So uh, we know Simeon and Anna weren't married. But because Anna is old, we usually picture Simeon as old. But the fact of the matter is, we don't have any idea. We, we don't have any idea. But what we do know is that God told him he was going to see something in his lifetime. How many of you have ever told, had God tell you something like that? Like, someday, this is going to happen. You've heard God kind of lay out a plan, a call, something like that, and God said, this is going to happen. And then what happens? Every story is different. Sometimes God says, this is going to happen. And it happens right away, right? Those are good days. I like those days. God says this, and it goes. And some days, God says this is going to happen. And the waiting game starts. Right? God says something's going to happen, and the waiting game starts. How many of you in here have kids that you've been praying for for 30, 40 years to come back to Jesus? Right? How many of you in here have a sickness that you've been praying for for a long time, asking God to do something. Right? How many of you in here, like it is just one of those things where sometimes we wait. And sometimes in that waiting, what happens? We lose faith. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we're not eagerly waiting. We're just frustratedly waiting. And we wait. And we wait. Simeon, I mean, we don't know how old he was, but he's living in a time where there were false messiahs often. Right? Like if you study history, particularly this area of the world, Somebody claiming the title Messiah was not uncommon, right? People did it. About every 10 years or so, some Jewish man claimed that he was the Messiah and he was going to be the deliverer of Israel. It happened all the time in this time. Every few years, there was a Messiah. Somebody claimed the title. Right now, it's interesting when you look at Scripture because the Messiah is prophesied about so specifically, but every few years, somebody probably figured, well, if I claim the title and I do enough good, it doesn't matter what the prophecies say, they'll make them work out. We'll fake it. Right? So, imagine that God told you you would see the Messiah, and then this guy says... I'm the Messiah, so what do you do? You run and check it out. And then this guy says, I'm the Messiah, so what do you do? You run and check it out. And then eventually, what happens? If you're like most people, you're like, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. The Bible tells us to eagerly await lots of things. One of them is the return of our Savior. And it's interesting. I've I've grown I, I've grown up around the church. I certainly wasn't a part of the church. I didn't live for Jesus for parts of my life and, and those kind of things. But I grew up close enough to the church. My dad always served God my whole life. And so every few years, something happens in Israel. And everyone's like, this is it. This is the one. And Jesus is coming back. I, I grew up, I remember the book, 88 Reasons He's Coming Back in 88. Any of you, you remember that book? Like, I didn't read it. I was eight years old. Uh, But I remember it being a big deal. And then the companion piece the next year, 89 Reasons Why He's Coming Back in 89, 89. I don't know what that ninth or that 89th one was, that last one. Maybe it was because he didn't do it last year. I don't don't know um, why all of a sudden it just jumped one year. But what happens sometimes when you start to see every couple of years, the church gets all fired up because Jesus is gonna return and then he doesn't at that time, what starts to happen? I'll believe it when I see it. And we stop looking and we stop eagerly awaiting Right now, I'm not trying to say we're one of those people that should like chase after everything and spend all of our time. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is it's easy to get burned out on something. And imagine being Simeon, being told that you would see the Messiah in your lifetime and these Messiahs keep popping up all over the place. These people claiming to be the Messiah, let me be clear, keep popping up all over the place. You'd get excited and then let down. And then excited and let down. And then excited and let down. And pretty soon, I think most of us in here would be like, yeah, right. Prove it. Right? Most of us operate on that wavelength. But there's something about Simeon's faith here that I think we overlook so often. And it's so easy to do. Not only his eagerly awaiting. Verse 27. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. You need to hear this. The spirit didn't set a hook in his nose and attach a leash leash to it and pull him along against his will. Something about that day, the spirit of God spoke to him and he followed. He was still listening for God. When the Holy Spirit said, I need you to go to the temple, we're not given an indication what for. We don't know if the Holy Spirit said, today is the day you're gonna see the Messiah. What we know is the Spirit of God led him to the temple and he followed. See, what happens sometimes is we get burned out in the waiting or we get jaded in the waiting or we get depressed in the waiting or we lose faith in the waiting and we stop listening to God. It happens all the time. Unless you think I'm just yelling at you, this happens to me too. I don't like to wait. I'm an American. I grew up with fast food and now movies on demand. I don't like to wait for anything, right? We get all upset. I get—I Probably the worst place, I'm just going to be honest, and this has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach about right now, so just give me a second and indulge me. Probably the worst place for me to be patient is the line at McDonald's. I hate it. I almost never eat there anyway because I hate McDonald's. I, like, I, just, I, don't, I know some of you love their fries, like, but there's nothing about McDonald's that makes me want to go there. But my wife and my kids love McDonald's, and so I find myself in the drive-through of McDonald's every now and then. And first of all, nobody in our town, I feel like, knows how to do it, right? There's these, there's these painted lines where you're supposed to pull up to so it helps them go, and everyone's like, ah, the lines are just a guide. It doesn't matter. We'll just give them lots of rooms so they can't get the next order in and it slows down the whole thing, right? And so I'm sitting there, my kids will attest to this, they love to tell stories about how their dad stinks at things, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, move ahead! Would you pull up? The line is there, you can see it, right? It's not like winter parking in Minnesota where the lines, you can't see them and then it just becomes optional and so people like pull into the doors at Walmart to park, you know, like it's, like you can still see the lines, Pull up. I hate waiting. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. Patience, you know, you always heard this. How many of you, your parents quoted this to you all the time? Patience is a virtue. I'm like, I agree. It's one I don't have, but it is a virtue, right? And like, so as I, I'm not trying to just tell you that you're terrible about this. I, I have to grow in this all the time. It is so hard to wait. I have been trained for my whole life that I don't have to wait for things. Fast food, right? If you go to a sit-down restaurant and they're longer than 15 minutes, you're like, what is this guy doing? Did he have to kill the cow? Right? Like, it's 15 minutes. We can't wait for anything. We're terrible at it. This guy had been told he was gonna see the Messiah. And he's eagerly awaiting it. And he's still listening to God for instructions about it. He doesn't get burned out. He doesn't get jaded. He doesn't get bitter in the waiting. He sees God in the waiting. And I want to encourage you in here today, in this whole holiday season and all of this stuff that's going on, if God told you something was going to happen, bank on it. It's going to happen. Eagerly await and listen. But here's the thing. Can you hear this from me today too? If he isn't sensitive and listen to God, he doesn't get to see what God told him he would see as soon as he did. If he was still alive when Jesus started proving it and doing miracles, he would have had a second chance. But he got to see the child before anybody really knew he was the Messiah because he was listening to God and he was still eagerly awaiting the thing that God had told him would come about. And I just wanna encourage you in this place. Don't let the waiting break you. Don't let the waiting make you doubt God. Don't let the waiting make you bitter. The best thing for us so many times is to wait and to grow. And God will bring it about when you're ready and when he's ready. And because of this, we see he gets to do something amazing. Simeon was there. I, 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 let me, before I keep reading, let me let me just tell you a couple of things and then, then we're almost done, okay? So there's all these things that happen um, around the birth of a child um, in the Jewish culture, particularly a male child, um, they have to go see a moil and parent or kids, you can ask your parents about that. Um, And if they think you're old enough, they'll tell you, okay? Um, And there's a purification rite for Mary in in all of this stuff laid out in Leviticus 12. But one of the things that they had to do, and this is probably the reason they went to the temple this day, was they had to redeem Joseph, Jesus, not Joseph. They had to redeem Jesus. Right? I, I, want you to, I want you to hear it. There was this thing that happened. The oldest child was supposed to be given to the temple. And you can see this laid out kind of in First Samuel, all, all of these kind of things that happened. The oldest male child was given to the temple for God's work. But if you wanted to raise that child at home, you went and you paid a fee. Now, if you were a wealthy family, you brought a lamb and you went through the process. If you were not a wealthy family, you could bring uh, five shekels in and that would do. But I want you to hear that Simeon got to bear witness to the Redeemer being redeemed. Joseph and Mary redeemed the Redeemer. Right? As a child, they go through this process and the very one who would pay the price and redeem us from our sins by his sacrifice and his blood and his conquering death, that same one on this day, they were redeeming him. And imagine how cool it would be As somebody who studied all the Jewish prophecies, who knew all of this stuff was going on, who had read all about the Messiah being the Redeemer, to listen to God, to follow him to the temple, and to see your great Redeemer being redeemed on that day as a child. The picture that he got to witness because he stayed faithful is so remarkable. And you see the Holy Spirit comes upon him again. In verse 28, Simon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. That's why they think he was old, right? Because he, he got to see the Savior. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people Israel. He got to watch it and he knew exactly what he was seeing. Jesus's parents, verse 33, were amazed at what was being said about him. Hear it, they saw angels. We just went through this whole story, right? They saw angels, they saw all of these signs, The miraculous, as, as though a virgin giving birth wasn't miraculous enough. They see angels, stars show up in the sky, gifts are brought, all of these miraculous things. And this guy is like, he is our salvation. And they're like, what, I'm amazed by this. Because we get so used to things so quickly. We start to forget how this stuff goes. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. That's what you want to hear about your kid. But he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. He's telling a mom in the only way he knows how that she's going to watch her kid die. Right? Like this is this is and and again, like this is such a beautiful season. It's such an amazing thing, but remember Jesus didn't come and Like he's the prince of peace in that he reconciled us to God, right? But Jesus didn't come and all of a sudden everyone sat down and sang kumbaya around a fire and got along. He was opposed from almost the day his ministry began. People called him a liar. People thought he was insane. His own family thought he was nuts. Read Mark, you'll see the story. But Simeon got to see it. From the moment he was a child, Simeon got to see it and he knew what he was seeing. Jesus was faithful. God was faithful. What he said would happen, happened. And you can take it to the bank. You can trust that if God told you something was gonna happen, it was gonna happen. You can go ahead and get changed. Um, we're, we're almost to our part here. Um, and I just wanna encourage you in this place, to not grow tired in the waiting. All right? I, I want to just ask a question as she's getting ready to be baptized today. We'll, we'll go over that in a little bit um, here. Um, but I just I, I'm not going to ask people to bow their heads and close their eyes. I want to say a couple things. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus and you'd like to know him, or you'd like to know more about him, what it looks like to be a follower of him, please come talk to myself afterwards. Talk to John. Talk to the person that brought you. Um, we'd love to answer any questions you have, but I just want to ask a question, and I'm going to ask you to just be honest, and maybe it's nobody in here today, but I'm going to just, if God has told you something was going to happen in your life, and you've been waiting, and right now the waiting is hard, I'd like you to just slip a hand in the air and I want to pray for you. And I know I I don't often ask these kind of things um, with everybody looking around, but if that's you, I'd like you to slip a hand in the air and I want to pray with you. Is there anybody in here who who knows that's you? All right, I, I see you over there. Is there anybody else? Yep. Yep, hands are going up. Anyone else real quick before we pray? All right. Let's pray. I only ask you to raise your hand because I think sometimes there's, there's something that happens when we make a move toward God. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for being the redemption I needed. Thank you for speaking to us so clearly God, you've asked lots of things. You promised lots of things. You've, you've revealed pieces to us of what, what will happen. God, I trust you, and I know you are able. But waiting is hard sometimes. Waiting is hard sometimes. God, for those who raise their hands, God, and they're struggling in the wait, God, I pray that you just breathe into their lives today God I pray that you help them to be aware of your presence Holy Spirit we ask you to grow in them to reveal to them that they have not missed it God we trust that when you say something will be done it will be done so we ask God for you to be with us and we thank you for all of that. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close our service with a baptism this morning, um, which is just one of the favorite things I get to do as a pastor. Um, um, and I just, before she got back in here and those kind of things, we just want to, we just want to let you know uh, a little bit about it. I know in this church, one of my favorite things about our church is how varied our church backgrounds are. Right, Um, I love it, and so there's lots of different thoughts on baptism, and there's lots of different things like that. But we want you to know in here, we think baptism is important because we believe that Jesus told us once we're saved, we get baptized. Right, we give our hearts to Him, we get baptized in Him. Baptism is not a guarantee of salvation. Please hear our theology here does not say that it is not necessary for salvation. Our baptism here is all about relating to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection right? And it's a, it says that it will be a sign to the unbeliever. It's, it's, it's one of those things that we do to proclaim our faith and say, I am Jesus's and he is mine, right? And that is such an important part for us uh, today to remember that. We love baptism here. Um, if you are interested in being baptized, we will fill up this tank any Sunday of the year, um, and we will, we will do a baptism on that Sunday. We just ask that you fill out a form and turn it into to one of the pastors so we know um, that you know what you're signing up for, all right? Um, and we want to encourage you. To, so the other piece of instruction that we give here is people baptize in all kinds of different ways and all these different things. And, uh, but So some of you, I grew up in a church where baptisms were this solemn affair, Right, like they were super serious and and it was a solemn thing. And that's fine. If if that's your tradition and you like that, that's fine. But that's not how we roll here, okay? Um, We believe that this is an incredible celebration of what God is doing in somebody's life, all right? And so what we're gonna ask you to do is as we baptize her and bring her up, we're gonna ask you to act excited, (laughs) to be excited, to stand, to clap, to cheer, to be excited for this process because it's exciting, right? Because it's a good thing. And so we wanna encourage you. So if you're not used to cheering in church, just take a deep breath and calm yourself. It's about to happen, okay? Um, But Penny, we're gonna, I saw her come in here. Penny, we're gonna have you come in and get ready Um, and we are about to do this. I'm always excited about these days. Yeah, I'm blind too. I get it. I checked it this morning. It's not boiling like it was during Easter. Um, if you were here for that, we, we tried to boil our people that day. Um, uh, but it is not boiling this time. Penny, I'm just going to ask you a question of why you want to be baptized today. Actually, something came into my heart, and it was—I was remembering the day I said I do to my husband. Today, today I say I do to God.
0: The old lies, and the new me I am reborn today, and that's—that's that's everything. It's that's everything. I live for God, from now until the day He takes me.
1: Yeah. Right on the edge. There it is. All right. Benny, because of your declaration of faith in Jesus and your life for him, we baptize you name it now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's such an amazing thing to be able to partner with people in this part of their journey. And we want to just encourage you. Um, This is one of those things that Jesus just says to do, right? Um, So we want to encourage you in this place. There's no age limit on it here. Um, We want to encourage you with that. Uh, we, We do just believe what the Bible says. This is something we do after salvation. It's something that we need to understand. And so parents, if your kids start asking you about stuff today, you be the guide. Right, if they if they talk to you about baptism and they understand it and they've accepted Jesus, that's fantastic. Um, if they don't, you can tell them to wait a little while. That's okay. They need to practice patience, just like I do at the McDonald's drive-through. Right? Like it's it's one of those kind of things, and it's good. But literally, I'm I'm not even joking when I tell you, any Sunday of the year, we will fill up this tank, and we would love to be part of your story with baptism. All right, let's pray, and then we're out for today. Jesus, you're so good. We thank you for Penny's life. God, we thank you for uh, a commitment to you. God, we thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. We ask you to guide. We ask you to lead. We are yours. In your name I pray, Amen. amen. Have an awesome Sunday, everyone.